Good morning. It's Sunday. Last Sunday in February. Means spring is coming soon. We're excited about that. You're listening to The Neutral Zone. This is Bob Baskerville, along with uh, Aaron Burkholtz. What's going on, man? Hey, good morning. Our guy Clone is uh, parts, parts unknown. Parts unknown this morning, yeah. for sure. This guy is like a spy or something. Yeah, I know. He's always out <laughs> doing something. But uh, anyway, we uh, wanted to get back together. Last weekend, I don't think we had a show because uh, both Aaron and I were gone, and um, I was listening when I was driving back from Savannah and thought I heard Fox uh, national feed, so I don't think there was a neutral zone last week, but we felt we wanted to get it back on uh, track this weekend, with even with Cloney gone, because uh, there is stuff to talk about. We are now, uh, because of some turns of events yesterday, we are entering, I would argue, maybe two of the most important weeks in Tennessee basketball history. I don't think it's too much to say that. It's, it's going to be really, really critical coming up here. Um, big win last night, Aaron. Yeah, huge man. Um, <clears throat> after the way they put the spanking on us in College Station last night, it had to happen. So um, we've got Auburn on Wednesday. What time is that tip off? It's at seven. Seven p.m. Okay, and then uh, next Saturday we play Alabama. So two monstrous games with the biggest implications that we probably ever had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after uh, I, I had some uh, other commitments yesterday, but I was able to watch. I picked up the uh, Alabama-Kentucky game with about five minutes to go in the first half and watched the rest of it from there. And uh, Yeah, it was a lot closer in the first half, but, man, was. I mean, Kentucky just put it on them. Yeah, it was an absolute uh, demolition, which uh, it's tough, but we were all Kentucky fans for a day yesterday. Um, and Unfortunately. They, and they took care of us. Um, and, and I mean, I don't know if you saw any of, uh, Nate Oates' press conference afterwards, um, <laughs> but he basically, I mean, I gotta give it to him. He's, he's kind of saying, Hey, we are what we are, but he said, everybody knows we, we don't guard, right. we, we don't play defense. Right. And it's like, kind of like live with Well, it. we knew, we knew that. And yeah. I mean, we, we put up a ton on them when we played them and I think we'll probably end up doing the same on Saturday. I'm, I'm definitely more worried about the Wednesday game than than Alabama on Saturday. See, I'm I'm the other way around. Really? I think, yeah, and we'll we'll kind of tear that one down here in a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't know why. I just I, I worry about Alabama just going down there. That's true. That's true. And we know. we've we've struggled on the road, but um, you know, I keep looking at it. We only have like three true road losses. That sounds right. Yeah. So I mean, we've lost a couple neutral site games, but. I mean, we lost to North Carolina at home at their place. We lost to Mississippi State and A&M. That's right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I – boy. And watching that game last night um, – oh, and also, please feel free to give us a call, weigh in on your thoughts on the game, 865-546-8200. We'll be uh, taking calls all show. Um I was watching that. I was at the game last night, and in the first half, um, you know, there was all the talk. Jimmy Dykes was saying it and on social media, and we've always said it, like, oh, it's going to be a street fight. That's how it is with A&M. Well, that was 
how you describe a matchup with Texas A&M, but that one was rough in the first half. That looked yeah, like uh, yeah. you've ever seen on social media those uh, goofy videos that post of uh, wrestlers playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny to watch. Yeah. But, I mean, honest to God, I was watching. So that's all I could keep thinking about. I mean, it. Th- I mean, one thing Buzz Williams has those guys doing is they – they bust their ass out there, man. Pretty they go, much. they go after everything, and um, I mean, it's but and the problem is they kind of pull you down into the mud with them, and um, and that's what happened in College Station a couple weeks back was they did that, and then they were hitting their shots in the first half, and that, yeah, that that you know we never really recovered from that, and it started to look that way early in the first half of this game. Wade Taylor, I think, hit three threes in a row. Um, I was like, man, yeah. don't start this again. This is a bad <laughs> shooting team. Since they've won that game against Tennessee two weeks ago, they've lost three in a row going into last night, and they've shot like 30% from the field right. or something crazy. So I was like, good Lord, don't tell me they're going to get hot tonight. But uh, um, things got straightened out. It was a tie game with four and a half minutes to go. It was 24-24, and from that point on, uh, Tennessee outscored them what I think sixty-two to twenty-seven. Yeah, just absolutely demolished. <clears throat> well, like I said, that game that game had to happen that way last night. You needed a blowout last yeah. night, but they Texas A&M reminds me a lot of South Carolina in the way that they play physical basketball. But Cal or South Carolina has more talent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but they slog games. I mean, it's just it's hard to watch either one of those teams play even as good as South Carolina is this year. Yeah, so. I mean that second half. Um, I mean, you have to keep like you just said. You have to keep the opponent in mind. But I mean, that's a that's an opponent. Even though they probably aren't going to make the tournament unless they like won the SEC tournament, they're fifteen and twelve. They have they're tied for the most quad one wins or something yeah. like that nationally. I mean, they're they've they've got talent, um, and so I would say that second half that felt to me the way Tennessee came out. That was like that was like a number one seed playing the way right. I saw it. I mean, they they absolutely stepped on their throat, which is nice to see with a Tennessee team that hasn't always been the case. Um, hasn't been the case this season in some instances, but mm-hmm. they did it. And, um, you know, and again, you, you pair that up with Bama just getting absolutely crushed in Lexington. And so this shapes up to be two weeks that are going to be, A, awesome, I think. I mean, it's as a fan, it's going to be great to watch what's going on here. Um, but, B, uh, if Tennessee could take care of business, if they – I mean, they – Everybody knows the story at this point. They control their own destiny. They go four and zero. This is over. They win the yeah. SEC conference title, right? Um, and likely, likely, get in line for a number one seed because the 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 quality and caliber of their opponents in these last four games versus, say, Arizona and who they play in their last four games, um, there, there's no comparison, right? And so that's I, I think Arizona when the bracketology comes out I posted something last night on X saying does this mean you know Tennessee might be a one seed in bracketology upcoming and while that doesn't entirely matter it's still nice to say and there's probably still a good chance that Arizona has enough they have three more quad one wins than Tennessee but they have that brutal Stanford loss and so that, I still think they might still retain a one seed in the minds of the bracketologists, but right. 
the next couple of weeks, I think, can reverse that. And I don't know. I, I It may have been in the middle of the North Carolina game, but I saw somebody's bracketology out that had North Carolina as a one seed. And I was like, there's no way. Yeah, Jerry Palm, I think, has them as a one seed. Really? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, and I, I don't see it. No, and again, I think it's the same deal. You know, they're, uh, the next couple of weeks, if you factor in all these other things. And we had Jerry Palm on uh, the morning show um week before last and we talked about this and he really helped break it out he was saying you know we talk about ken palm we talk about net ranking all those things are important but it's really it really comes down to about the teams you are playing and how they're performing right and so um you know again looking at north carolina's remaining schedule before conference tournament not that tough tennessee's definitely got the most demanding schedule here in these last couple of weeks. So I mean, we're playing all ranked opponents right. for, for the next two weeks. Um, and we have two away games, one at Bama on Saturday and then South Carolina on either Tuesday or Wednesday of the week after next. Yeah, it's the following Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, that Bama game. That Bama game was going to be important no matter what, but I think now it's it's um, the magnitude is way up there. Right. And, and also I think it's a game, too, where – um, there's this argument back and forth about is it Dalton Connect or is it Mark Sears for SEC Player of the Year? I think if Dalton can deliver in that game, I think he locks up SEC Player of the Year. Has to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really believe I that. think your focus definitely needs to be shutting down Sears as much as possible on Saturday. Right. Kind I mean, of, double of, team him all game if you have to. Just smother him, but don't let the guy score. Right. I mean, that's it. Kind of like what they did when they came to Knoxville. Remember, right. Mayshack was the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. the perimeter defense was amazing. And, uh, you know, and. I, I think yesterday, too, what was interesting, and going back to that Kentucky game for a second, is, and we'll, again, we'll have time to talk about all this stuff in a little greater detail in uh, the ensuing segments, but I felt that uh, Kentucky played some pretty, pretty strong perimeter defense as well. I mean, Sears ended up, he always ends up getting points, but he got a lot of them later in the game. Right. When, you know, Kentucky scored, Kentucky had 100 points with seven minutes left in the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing was over early, so in the second half. Like you were saying, the first half was pretty uh, hotly contested, but then Kentucky pulled away. But I, I think that uh, there's no way that Alabama uh, – there's no way Alabama can can really make any sort of deep run with the way they play defense. Their, right. their offense and, – and they've hats off to Nate Oates because as much as I don't like him, he's done a hell of a job coaching them because they lost – a lot of talent from last year. Obviously, Brandon Miller, but other ones too. I think Noah Clowney and um, you know Quinterly transferred out for about the 16th time. Where did he end up going? He's at Memphis. Sure. Really? Yeah, he's a starter over there and may miss the tournament since they're kind of yeah. falling apart. But yep, completely. Um, but I can't I, believe how bad they got beat by SMU last weekend. SMU just completely tore them apart. Well, and now there's uh, there's word that just came out Friday night on Memphis about you know investigation on academic fraud and everything <laughs> else. So it's uh, yeah, it's collapsing uh, over there in Bluff City. But um, so anyway, the thing with Alabama is I you know again I think Oates is doing maybe his best coaching job since he's been there. They're they're not as talented as you know you saw it against Kentucky yesterday. Kentucky. Like it or not, they're loaded in terms of players. They are. Um, and they showed out yesterday. I think Tennessee's more talented than, than Alabama, too. So um, I just think if they can bring another game like they did in Knoxville against Alabama, you know, play hard perimeter defense, lock down Sears, um, 
I think you know that's that that game worries me, but I think they can come out of there with a win. Right. Um, so, talking a little bit about last night, um, some things that were really nice to see. Tennessee shot fifty-two percent from the field for the game, and I bet they shot even better than that percentage in the second half. I haven't had a chance to look that up, but shots were falling. They out-rebounded one of the two or three top rebounding teams in the country, 49-31. If you think back to two weeks ago in College Station, that's where Tennessee just got handled on the boards. Um, just, you know, I think I think one guy, that Anderson Garcia, had more offensive rebounds than Tennessee had as a team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so clearly that was on the agenda for Tennessee this time, was they were not going to lose uh, – the backboard, as uh, assistant coach Greg Polinski calls it. Um, and then also points in the paint. Tennessee doubled up A&M in the paint, 46-23. to 23. Um, So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to see a uh, great way, fitting way for uh, Coach Barnes to get his 800th career win, only the 15th coach ever to do that. Um, we're going to talk more about all of that. Um, we're going to hit a break here, and again, Love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about the game, what you're thinking about as you look ahead to the next couple weeks and even to March. I know it's uh, I know it's kind of vol fan nature to think, okay, man, March is coming. This is where it all falls apart. And I get it, but you got to admit this team feels a little different. They, they're getting through games. You know, I want to talk a little bit about that Missouri game as pitiful as it was the other <laughs> night. That's a game Tennessee would have yeah, lost in yeah. previous years. It's true. You know, it's very so true. Um, we want to talk about all of it. So come on back and join us. We're going to take a break. It's the morning, the morning show. <laughs> it is the morning, just not the morning show. <laughs> I can tell where my head is these days. Uh, it's the neutral zone on uh, Fan Run Radio. Come back and join us. Uh, we'll talk to you here in a moment. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics athletics today ebay motors here for the ride elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own led headlights spoilers whatever you need ebay motors has it all at affordable prices and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to bring home the win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
life insurance. Why are you putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think you don't need it? There's lots of excuses for putting off life insurance. But if you weren't there, who would pay the mortgage and other bills? With Ethos, you could be covered in 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. So when we went to break, we were talking just for a second, and I think it bears discussing a little more, which is going to be hard to believe, but... Um, I pointed to that game on Tuesday night for the Vols against Missouri. And, yes, if you're thinking about it as a listener, we're thinking about it too. That was a game where at the first TV break, I think the score was one to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Missouri. And then I think uh, the next break it might have been four to, four to two. Or, I mean, it was horrible. The first half might have been one of the worst halves of basketball I have ever seen. However, um, I felt that that was a game, the way Tennessee did turn it on in the second half, because Missouri was playing hard. I will say that. They have not given up on their team, their season, their coach. Um, I thought, I kept saying Friday, they will not go winless in conference, but I was also thinking maybe yesterday against Arkansas that would have been their chance not to, and they, they lost. So they, they, the rest of their regular season looks tough. They may end up winless. But they played hard, and they were hitting shots in the first half, and Tennessee persevered and turned it on in the second half and won going away. And so, for me, what I saw there was, again, a big difference from teams we have seen under Rick Barnes in the last couple of seasons. And what I mean by that is in the regular season, and Aaron, you used the term when we were in the break, they kind of play down to their opponent's Mm -hmm. level sometimes. And they've done that in – in the past, and they don't recover from it in time. They kind right. of try to figure it out, and then all of a sudden it's a loss. Well, and it looks like it's it's almost like watching the football team last year. I mean, think back to the Florida game. We didn't play that game till about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of how the old Rick Barnes teams would be. Right. You'd be getting beat down, start trying to put it together, and then you're out of time. It's true, and uh, and so I think that 
again, this is one of if there's the if there is a frustration I have with this Tennessee team this season, it's not about some of the the old guard players that have been inconsistent or kind of vanished. That's been frustrating. The biggest frustration though that I see with this team is the sluggish starts because we've seen it. We saw it at Georgia. You know, we saw them get down 10 points at the beginning of the second half in Athens. They came back and won. Um, we saw that happen um, against Mississippi State. Got down double digits there and made a run and almost almost won the game, but uh, ended up on the short end of that. Happened in Missouri the other night. And so what we see is that something that's different than what we've seen in the past is they've got that flip, they that switch they can flip, where they can actually go and turn it on in the second half and win. That's going to be trouble when you get to the NCAA tournament. I don't think that can happen. So we got to hope that they get past that. That said, that is a difference. Just the fact that they do have a switch they can flip is not something I saw in years past. And they have it now. And so that, to me, gives me, that gives me optimism that this team, again, is different. What we saw in the second half last night against Texas A&M. Uh, A&M is physical I'd, I'd say they're the most physical team in the sec there's no question about it yeah i actually think it's um it's a good test to get tennessee tournament ready to go against somebody like that and if tennessee can go deep into the tournament t- the way texas a&m plays is not too different than a very very highly regarded team and that's houston right i think they play very much alike i just think houston probably has better players and I think Kelvin Sampson is a hell of a coach. With all due respect to Buzz Williams, I'd take Kelvin Sampson over him coaching a team. So I think if you look at those things last night, you know, Tennessee had to weather that storm in the first half, and they did, and they figured it out. And again, we all know the results at this point. They, again, flipped that switch yep. and more than doubled up Texas A&M in points uh, from the four-minute mark in the first half to the end of the game. And so that's why I just think the team's different. And obviously what makes them different is you have a guy. You have a guy in Dalton Connect. Yep. He had his last night. He got 24 points, had some, had some pretty electric plays there late in the game. Some of it was during uh, a time where the game was no longer in question. But still, he is just a joy to watch, man, when he's, when he's, when he's on, yeah, for sure. When he's dealing. But not only do you have one guy, you have two guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jonas, yep. again, we, we started this at the beginning of the season because I, I had no faith in that guy whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, to be brutally honest, the last two years he hasn't done anything. And this year he's come alive, he's rebounding, he's playing hard, he's elbowing guys in the head. <laughs> like he's he's that guy, man. He he could be an NBA player. Yeah, I think so. You know, eighteen points, fourteen boards, four blocks last night. Had one dunk in traffic on Henry Coleman. And mm-hmm. He had he had a few dunks, but that one I was down at my end of the uh, where I was sitting. And I could see, and I mean, he barked at Goldman yeah. afterwards, which I loved. I mean, you want some of that, mm-hmm. you know, because he was get, you could tell he was probably getting beat up the whole game. Pretty much. And uh, so, I mean, yes, uh, so excited. He He's had a few sluggish games uh, in the past couple of weeks, but, boy, last night was uh, a reemergence for sure. Well, and the way Awaka played last night, too, makes me excited for – what he's going to end up doing because I think he could fill that role for Jonas whenever Jonas goes. 
So yeah, it's true. I mean, and they did something that they we didn't talk about this. They did this in the Missouri game where they played both bigs. And I love that look. Well, again, I, I absolutely love that look. No, it's 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 interesting. The, the, I I do too. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is it might slow them down a little bit. Yeah. Um. But they it was a smart play against Missouri because Missouri, the, if you you know did the read the book on them, they they get in foul trouble constantly yep. and so they just worked them underneath in that second half that was the difference in the game Tobey probably played his best game of the season in that Missouri game but last night he was strong too and between them you know if you add Tobey's 12 and 6 you're getting basically um you know you're basically getting uh a combination of 30 points 20 boards I mean that's again. They're not necessarily the same position because combined they had 48 minutes of playing time. So that's more than the standard 40, obviously. Right. So they're playing both of them on the court again. So I, I do think situationally it makes sense. And again, A&M was a perfect team to do that against, just because they are so physical, and it was a good way to kind of counterattack that. Um, let's talk for a second about Zakai Ziegler. Last night, I, in my opinion, that was an all-American line for him. Mm-hmm. Nine points, nine rebounds, 14 assists, four steals, zero turnovers. Yep. He's been – man, he's been taking care of the ball a lot better yep. the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he missed a, he missed a lot of shots last night. He was, he I think, three of ten from the field. So that's the three only thing. Three of ten, one of four from three. Yeah, that was about the only thing you could be critical of. But, but. that three right there at halftime was – Oh, his, no, that was Vescovy at halftime. It was Vescovy's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Zakai – and Zakai had those – there were, I think, two plays he made, you know, where he stole the ball, and then, yeah, he's just such a pest. And even Buzz Williams said it in the post game. He was like, I just think he's underrated. You you have no idea how much impact and effect he has on the floor yep. by the way he – you know, he's so tenacious, everything else. And the other thing um, that the guys from Rocky Top Insider shared on uh, the site in the post game from last night with Coach Barnes was uh, apparently – this happened a couple of times uh, in the season, and it's interesting. He sat down with Vescovy with uh, Zakai after the Missouri game and said – you couldn't be happy with how you performed in that game. You know, we this is what we need from you is, you know, you, you're the guy as far as running this team. Right. And Zakai responded last night. And I think that that happened, I think it was right after the Texas A&M loss, too. He had that same kind of conversation right. with Zakai there. Um, hopefully that's sinking in and we don't have to have, you know, big sluggish performances where you have to get <laughs> him right. But he, boy, he... It speaks to his resilience. He takes that input and direction, and he makes something out of it. And I mean, again, last night—that's that's like that's the best, probably the best point guard line in the country. Last night, what we saw from Zakai, um, our guys, Triple J and Santi. I mean, this is between them fourteen points. If you could, we, uh, John Reed and I have been saying, if you could get sixteen to eighteen points a game from them combined then we're yeah, gonna be all solid. right we're yeah. gonna be all right uh josiah was eight eight points five boards four assists santi six points five boards guy really amazes me how he rebounds for a guard yeah but hit as you mentioned i think one of the real daggers was that three-pointer at the end of the first yep. half put us up 10 
could have easily been a four-point play. He got knocked to the floor. But, yeah, it should have been. Yeah, but he um, that, was a, that was a big shot. And then he hit his other three early in the second half, too, when we were really just starting to nail the coffin shut on them. Right. So, again, you look at all of those numbers, Tennessee really is in a good position because of what happened yesterday with Alabama. They control their own destiny now. Um, there's four games coming up. You talked about Auburn as one that concerns you on Wednesday night. The only reason I said I'm less concerned, I don't think it's like a – Is it because it's at home? It's at home, and also uh, Jalen Williams, one of their key players, is out. Okay. So he's going to be out, sounds like, a couple weeks. He may be, not be back till the SEC tournament. Hmm. Um, but it's Bruce, you know, and yeah. <laughs> he'll have and them – Broom is still Broom. Yeah. I mean, that guy – He's he's fun to watch. Yeah, as much as I can't stand Auburn, he's fun to watch. He, broom is still Broom, but I would argue Katie Johnson is still Katie Johnson. True, too. <laughs> you know they. Yeah, uh, yeah and he uh, he can kill you sometimes. That, but again, I I don't I don't entirely disagree with you, Aaron. I think that uh, Tennessee is going to have to have, deliver a hell of a game to beat Auburn yeah. um, because it, it it matters for Auburn. They're still arguably, I think, I don't think it's going to play out this way but uh, mathematically they're still in the race for the sec conference title too right. i mean they're uh, they're just a game well a game and a half right now because they played less games but they're um no they're actually the same they're the same they're they're one game out behind uh, tennessee and alabama yeah them and south carolina are both one yeah. one game back so. yeah so i i think that uh yeah, you know, that's that's going to be a tough one. I'll be interested to see what the line shakes out to be on that one. I mean, Tennessee will be favored, but it's just by how much. It'd just be interesting to see what the what the books give. Um, and then next Saturday, I mean, they're all big now, but that game in Tuscaloosa is going to be an absolute war. I, I just, uh, again, as excited as I am to get ready to watch it, I'm I'm a little scared too, just <laughs> yeah. because. Well, we, we know what Alabama yeah. is going to do. You know, Oates kind of said it yesterday. They don't guard and they don't, you know, they shoot threes and layups. They don't shoot anything in between. And if the threes are falling, if they get enough threes, it's that whole deal that if they shoot in the high 30 percentile range on three-pointers because of the amount of threes they shoot, they're probably going to win. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, against Tennessee in Knoxville – they didn't get many threes off because we guarded the perimeter so well. Right. And um, hopefully that can happen again. But you, you got to do that and then drive pretty much the whole game. Right. But, so. you, you know, you got to believe Oates is – he's going to be working on some sort of counterattack of his own. So, um, and then after that, we uh, – Tennessee goes to Columbia. I don't see us losing to them again. I hope not. I mean, I, I, mean, I know how good they are, but to me they're – I mean, they're sitting at, what, fourth in the conference right now, and I think that's the perfect spot for them. I mean, yeah. I think that's exactly where they are talent-wise and ability to control game-wise. And I think I don't think Rick's going to go down to Columbia and let us lose that game again. Yeah, I think we've seen a little bit of a regression to the mean, so to speak, for South Carolina. Right. Um, they they had a horrible week last week where they, you know, got crushed at Auburn and then lost uh, to LSU at home. Um, they, yeah, that LSU loss was brutal. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they should have won that game and officiating kind of screwed them there at the very end. And I don't mean to harp on officiating, but it was rough. Yeah, I, uh, boy, 
there was some rough officiating in the Tennessee game last night. True. At least in that first half. <laughs> first half, for sure. My God, man, that was uh, that was not pretty. Not pretty at all. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, South Carolina had kind of their – you remember a few weeks ago Tennessee had their quote-unquote bye week where they didn't play for about seven days. Right. South Carolina had theirs this past this week. week. Yeah, so they lost LSU last Saturday, but yesterday they took care of business at Ole Miss. Stomped Ole Miss, yeah. yeah. which Ole Miss is starting, I think, to see their star flicker and fade here a little bit. They, you know, they're a bubble team now at best, and uh, they got to take care of some business. And they could be somebody that Tennessee needs to be rooting for, too. They still have Alabama on the schedule, too. Right. And the, and the games matter for them. They're going to be playing for their uh, postseason lives. So, um, yeah, if Ole Miss – wins probably two or three out of their last four games and then wins maybe one in the sec tournament yeah i see them making it yeah but it's gonna be tough did you see alan flanagan's flagrant yesterday no i missed the south carolina player yeah when you get a moment look it up on social media he um and i'm bringing this up because of what happened with uh the guy is it Wage or Wagu, the, the Alabama guy from the Florida game the other night where he dropped the pile driver elbow. <laughs> I, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and he got suspended for one game. But, I mean, it was brutal. Well, this uh, – and so nothing happened to that kid in the Florida-Alabama game. He didn't get ejected or anything. Uh, Flanagan yesterday drops an elbow in the open court uh, right across the face of a South Carolina guy. He gets kicked yeah, out of the game. elbowed Zachary Davis. Yeah, I mean, immediately ejected. And um, so, again, there's the SEC officiating kind of, uh, you know, reacting instead of, you know, keeping it consistent. That should have been something that happened Tuesday night or Wednesday night in that uh, Florida-Alabama game. But um, but yeah, I think Ole Miss, you know, they, again they're they're in a they're in a tight spot at this point. But South Carolina, golly, took, that's brutal. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You saw it. Okay. Yeah, South Carolina took care of business though yesterday. So uh, I agree with you, Aaron. I think Tennessee, the way they're playing right now, and the way South Carolina overall has played the last couple of weeks, uh, Tennessee should go take care of them in Columbia. Um, I don't think it'll be an Auburn beatdown, but I think if we beat them by 15, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's very possible. And then it leaves us with that last regular season game against Kentucky, and, and it, it really all depends on what kind of Kentucky team you're going to get. I mean, they are – If and I have a good friend who's a Kentucky fan, and he is at his wit's end because if you think about just the last three games, they absolutely looked – after last Saturday when they won at Auburn, the way they shut Auburn down, I was like, okay, man, Kentucky worries me. They're back. Right. Um, and then they go to LSU, blow a 10-point, 11-point lead in the second half and lose to LSU. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, maybe Cal doesn't have them back. And then yesterday they just absolutely stomped Alabama. Yeah. Um, and this, so that game – we just we know enough about Cal that Barnes Barnes has his number overall, but you know Cal he does, Cal, but will Cal have, likes to win at Thompson Bowling. Yeah, I mean it seems like for the last seven or eight years, usually we win at Rupp and they end up beating us here, and it's rare that we win twice. Right. No, and he'll have them ready. There mm-hmm. is no question about it. And, again, they had a, a bit of a new wrinkle yesterday that we hadn't seen for a few weeks. The guy that came out, uh, 
Edwards. Uh, yeah, well, Edwards for sure, but Big Z. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he played that first game when he came back and was reinstated against Georgia and had everybody, including myself, like, holy cow, man, this is going to be – this team's going to be a load if he plays like that. Well, then Cal, Cal elects never to play him hardly again after that. But yesterday he played meaningful minutes, I think scored 18 points, had a couple passes that – one that was like a Nikola Jokic-type pass, yeah. like a, a the guy blew the dunk. But, I mean – I don't remember if you were in here the week that Clone was talking about it, but it seems like Cal has – loyalty minutes wise to certain guys yes i yeah, i was here for okay. that and i agree with it I but think he's, that's he's, that's kind of the point that we're getting to where it's like why the hell aren't you playing these guys yeah yeah i i uh i totally agree i think that some of that is i was here for if that. i was if i was a kentucky fan i'd be i'd be running him out of town with a pitchfork considering yeah. some of the decisions he's made this year. No, they're livid with Oh, I know his, they are. They're yeah. gonna they're they're gonna fire him and then go get NATO's. Yeah, they gotta figure out a way to pay that lifetime buyout that he has. Right. Um but yeah, he he I definitely think he tries to keep it very um Kind of, uh, kind of a democracy on, in terms of the minutes, you yeah. know, and he, that's probably how he brings all these talented recruits in as he promises minutes. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before. That was one of the uh, demands that B.J. Edwards had. That's why he left was he had a minutes demand for Coach Barnes, and they were like, we're, we can't promise you that, man. Right. And um, so I, I think Cal plays it differently. I think he, he tries to spread it around, but that's why you see guys like uh, Ivasich not playing at all, and then yesterday he has 18 points, five boards, four blocks. Um, the guy's obviously a factor, and so again, all of that to say, it worries me a little bit about that game on um, March 9th uh, in Knoxville. Yeah, you know, senior day. There's a lot of magic that could happen then, but uh, that game's going to be God, and there's going to be a lot on the line. I think all these games are important. Like I said, it's it's not hyperbole to say that this is possibly two of the most important weeks in Tennessee basketball history because it could this team's never had a number one seed. Yeah. But they're in the they're in the mix now for a number one seed. Finally. A le, yeah, yeah. legitimate contender to have a, a one seed. And people can say whatever they want about March, but I'm gonna tell you if you're a one seed versus a two seed or a three seed, it's a big difference. Right. It, it truly is. Confidence boost and it's incentive to make it Yeah. A long way. Yeah, and I know there's probably people worried that they'll go as a one seed the route that Purdue and uh, Virginia have gone, losing to a 16. I don't buy it. I don't either. Not, not this team. So, just, just speaking of BJ, did you see his stat line yesterday? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't mean to pile on him, but 11 minutes, 0 for 3, 3 rebounds. Nope, yeah. zero points. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know. Uh, he's he's getting minutes. Uh, that's kind of low for him, honestly. But still, he's he's playing. So again, we wish BJ the best. But um, uh, that's not been, I, in my opinion, not a big loss here. Nope. Um, all right, we're going to take another break. Again, love to hear from you. Uh, lines are open. Eight six five five four six eight two hundred. It's the neutral zone. Come on back. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach 
with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. We make it easy to save money. Get access to thousands of discounts on shopping, dining, and travel with the CNB Plus Perks account. It's a powerful new way to save money with roadside assistance, cell phone protection, identity theft protection, and credit monitoring. Banking at CNB has its perks. Call or stop by a branch for more details. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at unbeatable prices. Cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today. Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. 1501 Callahan Drive. Check them out online at volauto.com and tell them Fan Run sent you. White Claw delivers a wave of pure refreshment and a variety of flavors. From the originals like black cherry and mango to new flavors like passion fruit and blackberry. Crafted using our unique brew pure process, White Claw delivers a crisp taste with only 100 calories, 5% alcohol, and only 2 grams of carbs. Check out your favorite retailer in store or online for White Claw variety packs, single flavor packs, and 16 ounce single serve cans. White Claw Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics. Now is your time. eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it all at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. You can live out your master chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
Welcome back to the Neutral Zone. Last segment of Hour 1. Got Bob Baskerville here with Aaron Burkholtz. Clone is uh, eating bonbons. <laughs> Listening to the show, probably. Better be. Um, so one thing we haven't talked about, and we will come back around to college basketball because tis the season, and there's a lot that went on around the country in the SEC that we want to talk about as well because a lot of that these days has impact on our own guys. So we'll get back to that. But we felt it would be uh, wouldn't be proper to go too much deeper into the show without talking a little bit about something that transpired on Friday in the federal courts, and that's uh, <sighs> the fact that uh, – the NCAA rules barring the use of NIL compensation in recruiting was delivered. I won't call it a death blow, but it, they are on their heels for sure. Um, U.S. District Judge grants a temporary injunction in a lawsuit, in this lawsuit rather. Um, and so it stops the NCAA from enforcing rules related to third-party negotiation on NIL compensation until a final decision is reached in the case, um, which leaves the NCAA kind of back at square one, in my opinion. And they're, they're probably not done. I'm sure Charlie Baker is going to keep pushing forward on this. But it really underscores what we've been saying for weeks now, and that is um, they're chasing a runaway train, quite honestly. And I think that... Um, it's all fine and well. I, I don't profess that the stuff that's going on with NIL is a, a clean and pristine model and doesn't need to be changed. But at the same time, the NCAA needed to be involved with that type of thing. If they were going to try to be a change agent in any of it, they needed to be involved at the beginning, a couple of years ago, right. not, not, not now. Um, but Aaron, would love to just kind of get your top-line take on this because um, – I think it's I think it's a gr it's a great development for Tennessee. You can kind of get back to business, um, but you know, I, I don't I I I'd be uh, I'd be speaking a little bit out of turn if I was saying that I knew what's next. I really don't, but I do think it's fair to say that it's uh, it's a bit of a again. It's not overstating it to say it's an existential threat to the NCAA and their reason to even exist. I would say you're probably right. Um, I don't know if I'll go as far as saying the death of the NCAA, but we're pretty damn close, and I'm I'm all here for it. Yeah, I think that. You I know, think what, everybody's just sick of this. Yeah. Crap. I mean, they've been they have been trying so hard to hold on to power, and they know they're done. Yeah. I mean, they can't do anything. Yep. I. Uh... I think the way I was looking at it before this uh, ruling came down, and it came down much quicker than I thought it would, honestly. I thought it was going to get drug out longer. But um, the way I felt um, would would be an outcome there where it's kind of a win-win if I'm the judges trying to, uh, to arrive at that is, again, I, the NIL – uh, process as it stands is hardly refined and does need some things addressed in my humble opinion but you can't just totally like do a reset not now it's it's too far down the road and so the way I thought a win-win might happen is that you know there would be something where the NCAA can can take away some sort of 
directive from the judge where they can go and because some of this is going to probably entail getting Congress involved in it. Um, last I checked, Congress has quite a few things uh, on their mind right now that aren't tied to collegiate sports that are probably more important to the future of our nation. Um, and uh, But it would give the NCAA something to work on and something where they could have some level of not control, but involvement in how this process looks and feels in the coming years. Um, but this, this basically, that could still happen, but this is basically, it, what it does is it, it reaffirmed what we had heard happened in court a couple weeks prior when the University of Tennessee was looking for this temporary restraining order, and that was denied, but the judge said, I'm denying this, but I, I think you have a good case. I mean, I think he was saying go back and work on this part because uh, I, th I think there's, there's, there's something compelling here. So, again, it moved quicker than I thought. Um, I think everybody's thinking, hey, man, it's just going to be the Wild West all over again, and it might be for the short term. I still think this story is not fully told. I don't think it necessarily – can put the NCAA out of business, but it absolutely will um, kind of cut them off at the knees uh, and maybe permanently and really limit their impact. And what that'll mean for conferences, power conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten, I still am of the belief long term they're going to try to set up their own almost AFC, NFC coalition. Yeah, it's, that, it seems that, that way. That will obviate the NCAA. So I do think in time, this could be a, a death blow to the NCAA, but I don't think the ruling on Friday is the death blow. I think it's just one that knocks them on their heels, makes their job that much harder, and the NCAA is going to have to get creative and figure something out if they're going to stay relevant. I, I do believe that. Right. Um, you know, and 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 again, the other piece of this, uh, all I can say is, all, is I think back to w how this would have looked if the NCAA came calling. A couple of years back, and it was the previous administration, not the one we have today, but the the former chancellor, athletic director, all those things. They would have, they would have um, cowered. They would, they absolutely would have caved and taken their whipping. And what we saw happen with Boyd Plowman and White was a masterclass in how to just basically say. We think we're running a, a, a strong athletic program here. This is a great institution, and we're not gonna we're not gonna put up. We think this is we're gonna call BS here on this, and so we're gonna fight you. And they did it, and they won. They won the first round, and that might be enough. Um, so again, it makes me feel so thankful that we have that crew running this university and their athletic department. Uh, we're in very, very good hands with them. So that part of it is is great to see. Um, right. Just, uh, again, I, I think back to when it was, you know, Fulmer and uh, Davenport and, uh, <laughs> I mean, good Lord, man. Yeah, um, total mess, man. It, I mean, it was. It's, it's much nicer to see an AD that's going to go after some of this. Yeah. Just hypocritical crap that they keep putting out from the NCAA. Because, I mean, where's – I mean, if you're going to lay all this down, where's the punishment for anybody else? That's right. For years upon years upon years. That's right. 
No, I agree, and I I think that. Um, I mean, what what did you do to North Carolina with all the cheating? Yeah, yeah. How about uh, yeah, Bill Self at Kansas? Exactly. Amazing coach, one of the best in the game. But I mean, that's know, it's yeah. on the basketball end, but still, I yeah. mean, all these schools have been doing this for forever, even when it wasn't pay to play. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you murdered USC with it. You took away Reggie Bush's Heisman, which I think is a lot of crap. And I think once all this NIL stuff gets finalized, I think they need to retrograde that and give him his Heisman back. Because yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a mess, man. I agree. And I, you know, here's here's the other takeaways I would have on this that I think are are positive. One is, um, first of all, a lot of this centers around Nico Iamaliava. By the time that any other movement happens on this, Nico will probably be long gone. So, oh yeah, I think that's yeah. one thing. Um, so let's enjoy the probably two seasons we have coming up with him. Um, second of all, I think that um, it probably caught Spire's attention to, hey man, this is big boy stuff happening here. So, and they did they the way they responded by the way was was I think positive. They brought in a heavy hitter attorney to represent them. And, but that's what NIL is these days. It's not so much, you know, I've been saying this for the past month. It's like, it's not just, hey, let's get creative and let's do some really cool stuff with athletes and uh, to, you know, help, you know, extend businesses' messages and get right. that money. You got to have, you got to have like legal reinforcement. You got to have heavy hitters who understand business, who understand the law, all of those things. So if nothing else, I feel it's probably a wake up call. For those guys too, um, because they're and I know those guys, and they're doing they're doing really really great work. But this is this is all kind of in progress. You know, it's very fluid, and there's a lot of people learning things as they go. So that's not a that's not something that they're at fault for. I think everybody's going through it, but they uh, they definitely realize for sure by their actions. Now we're seeing that the the stakes are higher, and they're uh, they're kind of building their their program to support that. And then the last thing I would say on it is hopefully this was a bit, the, the national media, and, and I don't want to become so much of a fan that I'm going to say they had it out for Tennessee, but clearly they were, there were some people in the national media that were taking pleasure in this coming down uh, when it did a month ago. Um, so hopefully this shuts that narrative down um, a, lot, a lot of fans, uh, myself included, you know, put stuff on X saying, you know, a certain someone had a very, very brief X post about the latest news, about the ruling. And uh, <laughs> it's like, man, why so quiet now? You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, he was he was uh, he didn't have a big giant story to write. this. No, time. of course not. And so hopefully that shuts this stuff down. But I, I think as a fan base, we shouldn't. Uh, you, you know, take your victory lap, but then let's move on. Let's not give that any more time or attention. It doesn't deserve it. Those those right. folks are uh, bad on them for trying to to again uh, conflate that story and make it well, feel I mean, like something. The guy, bigger than the it guy was. works for a dying magazine yeah. anyway, so yeah. I mean, it's just let it let it be. I mean, he's a clown, and we all know it, and he's yeah. always been that way, especially towards us. So yeah. Yeah, and, and then last hats off is to uh, Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scarmetti. Man, the, talk about having some, you know, some state government on our yeah. side, too. It was impressive. It I, was, uh, man. It's, uh, from the get, this thing did not 
fester very long and you know here it is it hasn't even been a month and they've shut it down at least for for now and probably for a little while so all of that to say we're uh we're excited you know got a clear runway now going into next football season um and again i keep saying this we've talked about basketball we've talked about football now the baseball team is off and running great start it's kind of a golden age for tennessee athletics we just need to convert into some postseason success. Yes, That's uh, across across the board. Across. I like being good in the regular season just as much as anybody. But I mean, basketball team seems like it's got the all the chips are kind of falling in place for us to make a decent run this year. And then, I mean, we're early in baseball season, but uh, it's it's high time for us to keep winning and try and make it into the World Series. Yeah. So, I mean, last year was kind of a letdown, unfortunately, for baseball. But, yeah, still fun to watch for a while. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Wrapping up hour one of Neutral Zone. Uh, we'll be back here in just a moment for the second half of the show. Again, give us a call if you want to talk about anything tied to uh, Tennessee basketball, the NCAA SEC basketball, Tennessee baseball, all of that. We're here to talk about it. 865-546-8200. Come on back. You're listening to FM 105.7 and AM 1340. WKGN Knoxville and W289CU Knoxville. Fan Run Radio. You're listening to FM 105.7 and AM 1340, WKGN Knoxville and W289CU Knoxville, Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit AxaLogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axa Logistics, now is your time. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz, a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. 
And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice-activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey, Mercedes. This vehicle's all electric. The feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. Life insurance. Why are you putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think you don't need it? There's lots of excuses for putting off life insurance. But if you weren't there, who would pay the mortgage and other bills? With Ethos, you could be covered in 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Neutral Zone on a Sunday. Said at the top of the show, last Sunday in the month of February, one of my least favorite months of the year. <laughs> I don't know why, just it, it's always kind of gray and Dreary gross. football ends. Yep. We're just waiting for the tournament. Baseball hasn't started yet. Yeah. Last, uh, this past week... Here in Knoxville has not been too bad. It's a little cold today, but at least the sun's out. And it sounds like this week we're going to be sniffing 70 degrees on a couple of days. So I'll take that all day long. Makes me, uh, feels like that snowmageddon crap we had back in late (laughs) January is like 10 years away now. Uh, It feels really long gone. Totally different, man, for sure. Yeah. Enjoying it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about we've uh, we spent the first hour um, as we should in in Vol Country. You know, spent most of the time talking about that basketball team that uh, had a had a pretty good week, and then uh, also about the the ruling that came down from uh, Judge Corker on Friday uh, with the injunction against the NCAA. So that's all good. Basketball is definitely ruling the roost. We'll probably get a little vol baseball in to talk about before the show ends too. But um, 
we're going to go around the country and around the SEC now to talk a little basketball because, again, a lot of these things uh, happening to teams around the country have influence on Tennessee and how things are going to be shaping up for the postseason for Rick Barnes's team. Um, sticking with the SEC, though, for a second, uh, we talked about Kentucky. Took down Alabama is an understatement. They shot 63% from the field against the Crimson Tide. Kentucky had 100 points with over seven minutes left in the game. They ended up with 117. Um, not much else to say there. Other than they've got – we know they've got talent, and if Cal gets them humming at the right time, they're, they're tough to play. Um, Justin Edwards, Dillingham. They may be missing Trey Mitchell maybe for the better part of the rest of the season, it sounds like. But, yeah. Um, but they still have – they got players. Um, other teams in the SEC that took care of business yesterday Auburn, were – Auburn, Murray, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, all that's surprising. All that talk about Georgia early in the season that they over and done with. Yeah, they, you know, Mike White's probably got them in the right direction, but it's going to take a little time. Uh, South Carolina, we talked about them a little earlier. They got back on track. Uh, nice win over Ole Miss at Oxford. Uh, Florida, we haven't talked much about them, but Florida. Uh, all I'm going to say, Aaron, is I am glad Tennessee has already played. Right. Them. I mean, yeah, I mean they. <laughs> I said it. I said it earlier. I mean, they've come alive from the time we played them. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of scary. Unfortunately, we'll see what happens when the SEC tournament gets here. Yeah, Todd Golden's got them playing ball. They, uh, well, I watched so much of that uh, Florida at Alabama game earlier in the week, and uh, again, we've it's been a weird week. We've been. Uh, Temporary Gators fans, temporary Kentucky fans, <laughs> and uh, man, we have, we it's here, rare. here I am saying it's rare. Saying, I, I mean, talking about Florida, I won't say we, fan. I'll say, I guess you can win for us. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was I sounded like uh, the most insufferable Florida fan. I was like, we had them, we had them. I mean, they did. They had Alabama on the ropes. They did, and uh, that game got to overtime, and I, I I knew then I was like, man, that's not a good feeling, and. Uh, Alabama ended up winning, but they have to play each other again in Gainesville. Yep. So, uh, uh, the, again, I'm so glad Tennessee got their matchup with Florida out of the way while they were still figuring things out because it looks like they have figured things out. The other one that was interesting in the SEC was uh, so Arkansas keeps M Missouri winless. Um, but what I was most interested about, well, Arkansas had uh, – Khalif Battle had 42 points, so he obviously had a day. But uh, at the end of the game, Arkansas, you know, they won by 14 or 15. And they, they, you know, like in the last 10, 15 seconds, no, 10 seconds, they're going down the court and throwing down dunks. And at the end of the game, Dennis Gates and Eric Musselman meet at midcourt. And I, it looked like Musselman was trying to apologize. Gates was not having any of it. No. I mean, Gates, if you heard his press conference after Tennessee, yeah, he's he's having none of it now. He's he is fed up. He's starting to melt down. He was very complimentary about uh, Tennessee. I'll give him that. But talking about his own team, he's he's tired of losing clearly. And uh, something happened with him and Musselman. I think he was probably pissed that you know Arkansas didn't just back the ball out right. on the clock or something. But. Uh, um, yeah, I just well, I truly hate it for him. I mean, you know, I feel terrible for Missouri, and do you really? 
Oh man, you know you know my love for anything Missouri related. <laughs> you know they have my favorite football coach. And, oh God, that guy. Yeah, that I mean, guy. I, I I hate it for him truly. The the Nard dog. <laughs> I always uh, feel like he's uh, that's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does. He's a poor man's uh, yeah. Andy Bernard, but. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so – and I look at that, and again, this is what I would say is, you know, Barnes wins his – what, he won his 800th game last mm-hmm. night, and I forget – the second most among active coaches, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Cal's right above him with, like, 18 more wins, I think. Yeah. Uh, Self well, – I don't know if Self – no, Self's not there yet. I think he's at, like, seven-something or yeah. six – like high six something i can't remember what his was but i saw it yesterday yeah um patino's up there too probably yeah. but uh no but i i think that um yeah, wow he, self has 575 that's all yeah that surprises me um so but what i was going to say is so barnes has win 800 at tennessee and i thought i read it's like 197 there's some total it's it's large have been at tennessee and so my point is, been here nine years, again, um, March performance notwithstanding, he's averaging well over 20 wins a season. And yeah. the reason I bring all that up again is I'm watching Arkansas and Missouri, two teams that are just in the gutter, it's basically. It's terrible, man. It's like, man, uh, don't don't I ever forget what it was like <laughs> for a little while here. I didn't think Arkansas was going to be this bad this year, man. Well, no, they were pre. I think they I were mean, ranked in the top twenty-five. They were preseason, but he's this is another example of we talked about it with Todd Golden in Florida last year, and it's happening this year with Arkansas. Is like this is when the transfer portal goes bad. You bring right. guys in, and there's no telling what happens chemistry wise. Not to mention there's been some uh, reported chemistry issues in the Arkansas locker room that are a little weird. Yeah, they're not they're not true yeah, ultimately, but, but Yeah. But I mean it's but there's we have seen issues like literally one of their players, uh Tremont Mark, I think, like yelling at Musselman in the huddle yeah. uh in the game, you know. I mean, so there's definitely tension on that team. And so, yeah, it's like Never forget, man, as frustrating as some losses may be for the Tennessee basketball team, just it could be much worse. Um, and I think back to how frustrating it was in the Conzo Martin era. You know, mm. take away that Sweet 16 run. Everything else was very, very hard to deal with. Man, um, it's, it's, it was rough yeah. so, to watch. Yeah, so, I mean, just let's, let's enjoy what we got here. But uh, – Moving around to the country at large and some of the higher-ranked teams, uh, UConn, you knew this was going to happen. They got run out by Creighton the other night, so God help the team that's going to play them next. And it was Villanova, and UConn rolled. No surprise there. Um, Houston and Baylor was probably the game of the week, at least on paper, because you had number two Houston against number 11 Baylor. You had number one defensive efficiency in the country in Houston versus number four offensive efficiency in the country versus Baylor. So it was definitely uh, styles colliding. And, um, boy, Houston came out and laid the wood to them in the first half. But then Baylor got back in the game, tightened things up. Um, Game went to overtime, but Houston still prevailed at Baylor. So it was a big game for uh, Houston and not a not a horrible loss for Baylor, but um, I'm sure they wanted to do better than that. Um, 
And then Arizona got back on track. They lost almost inexplicably the other night to uh, Washington State at home. And Washington State's a good team, although they went out and lost last night. But um, Arizona got back on track, uh, taking care of the University of Washington yesterday. So um, we'll continue to talk about the teams in the NCAA, but I think we've got a caller. So let's, uh, let's bring that person on. Welcome to the Neutral Zone. Who Keep we, the Beyonce country, fake country music on mute. Bring out the Pitbull World Cup theme. Little Shakira, little Waka Waka. What's happening, buddy? What, what's going on, guys? I just turned on, seeing if y'all were on there. I know it's kind of tough to talk to each other without me calls, so I'd give you guys a call and uh, some support. Y'all are doing a good job. Hey, I appreciate that. What's happening, man? Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of people around y'all's uh, sphere that are clueless and don't get it, but I think you guys do a good job. Well. Thank you, man. Hey, guys, um, let's, uh, I got some interesting parlor talk for you guys today. I'll throw a little interesting question at you. And we'll talk a little SEC, of course, too. Sure. Guys, let's say um, I've been wait- waiting on this for a couple of years. Let's say this is Barnes' big year. He either, A, hits the Final Four and retires, or B, misses the Final Four and retires. I know he just got his 800 win or whatever. Um what three or four candidates would y'all be taking a heavy take a look at? It here's the one I was really wanting to throw at you. This wouldn't be my first move, but would you kick the tires on Bruce Pearl bringing Bruce back? Of course, I would think so. Yeah, you'd I, have to you'd have to look at it now since the old guard's gone, and we flipped yeah. the middle finger to the NCAA on Friday, so you might as well try. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, for whatever you think about Barnes, he's definitely. You know, kept the program stable and in a pretty good position. We're all over ESPN, you know, leading the conference or tied for it. And um, you don't want to go back to uh, Conzo land. You don't want to go back to Donnie Tindall land. Yeah. You, know, you see where I'm going? I um, definitely don't want to go back to Jerry Green land, Wade Houston no. land. Um, I think you'd have to take a good long look at it, at least kicking the tires on Bruce. It sounds like uh, – yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, and it sounds like a lot of schools are – uh, going to take a look at him um, because there's some big jobs that are opening up. Um, you know, Ohio State's already open. It's inevitable Louisville will open. Um, and I've heard both of those schools may have interest in, in pursuing Bruce as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Forbes and Shea got a nice win. Kind of rooting for Forbes to uh, yeah. make the tournament. No. I don't know if that would, would be the, the same pop, though, as bringing Bruce back. Although, you know, you'd be in probably pretty good hands, X's and O's wise. Forbes and Shea coming back, I guess, would be a consolation prize. Obviously, Dusty May. Bob, you know, you got that Indiana angle. I'm curious, you think Dusty May's going to hang out at FAU, or you think he'll jump, or and I kind of wonder where he might land. That's a good question. Um, yeah, and I, I'm still of the belief those those IU fans are hell-bent that they got to go get him, and, you know, the rumor was he's holding out for them. I don't know if, if Indiana will let go of Woodson. They might keep him one more year, which is kind of cr- crazy because they're, they're absolutely – well, you know, crank up the uh, Bimini, uh, Pitbull, Shakira music. If I'm uh, <laughs> Dusty May, I might just be sitting around waiting on Larry Nega to retire yeah. and just m- and move on down to Star Island and live beside uh, Madonna. And then, <laughs> hell, why, why go to Bloomington or even up here? Just go to Miami and say, hey, Miami, you went to the Final Four last year. Yeah. Um, I went to the Final Four. Let's cut a deal. And I'll be the next Miami coach and hang out. Yeah, that'd be pretty smart, wouldn't? Now that's that's an interesting wrinkle for sure. Going back to Forbes for a second, I actually think, um, and I hadn't, for, for, I don't know why I hadn't thought of it, but I think Forbes is an interesting one just because that's one I've been plugging 
on neutral zone for a while. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not. Yeah, to your <laughs> he's point, he's not as he's not as interesting as some of the other guys. But he's going to help you. He, he'll win here. But yeah, I, I like him or Kim English, either one. Yeah, he's not ah, as man. He's I don't not, know about Kim English. Nah, I don't know. Man. I, and you know the Indiana State coach. Which, I mean, there's always going to be two or three of these coaches that get hot. Somebody comes out of nowhere and makes the Sweet Sixteen or better and gets a big job. Uh, so you know, there's that. Bruce came out of where Milwaukee, or Wisconsin, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, so, jo- Josh Schertz is uh, he's a hot commodity, and I'm uh, and uh, you know I'm uh, I'm actually an Indiana State alum, and uh, it's good to see them actually back and be relevant after almost 50 years. But he's done a great job there. Um, but back one last thing I wanted to say about Forbes is he wouldn't be as buzzy, but like you said, Cattleman, he knows his X's and O's, and he is also. I think this matters these days. He's also well, highly regarded in the coaching fraternity, and I mean, just it'd be, it'd be a, yeah. it'd be a great move for the university that way. Recruiting, it seems like he's he's he understands how to work the portal really well, um, because of his connections. So that's oh, an yeah, interesting. I mean, he would go over locally for people who know Forbes and the Bruce Pearl angle. He would go over well. He'd go over real well over at Roosters and Rocky Hill over there at the G Spot. <laughs> yeah. Might even get the G Spot back open. Yeah. So yeah, we could do a lot worse, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just going to – and by the way, one more question I'll clear out. I assume Barnes is coming back, but you never know. That's what the what Danny White said, a little desk drawers for there. Yeah. But um, would Barnes, you know, Rick Bruins, as we like to say, old Poley, would he walk away from that $8 million a year check and free uh, breakfast at Scrambled Jake's and Pete's? I mean, uh, probably be pretty expensive to fire him or run him off, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I, I would think so. I, there's two things I want to say. I want to respond to that one, and then I'm going to give you one other name to consider, Cattleman, as far as a coach that's out there. Um, but I think uh, we were talking about this on the morning show on Friday. I think Barnes, um, I believe, if they do get to a Final Four or, you know, God, imagine if they could win a natty. I don't know about that. But if they get to the Final Four, I think he's done. I honestly think so. I think he's another one of those coaches in that long line of uh, traditional guys. What if he does another one of his early exits, another Oregon State, another Michigan, Olay, and we're the laughing stock all of a sudden? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I do know that, you know, I think he's adapted as well as he could to the transfer portal and NIL and all this other stuff. But what I was going to say is I think he's – he could be another in this long line of – like legendary Hall of Fame coaches who have moved on because the game's different and they don't really want to, they don't want, they want to just coach, man. They don't want to have to run a business because that's what it's become now. So hey, it's, it's a good question. Hey, Bob, looking forward to this South Florida warm up we're getting this week. I think I might even break out my Miami basketball jersey and my Ray Bands <laughs> and uh, might, might even go up to the, uh, the island and watch the pigs walk around the fake fountain. <laughs> Hang in there. Thanks, man. <laughs> Um, the, the only other name I was going to throw out, uh, Cattleman, that I think is, is a hot name out there is uh, Greg McDermott yeah. at Creighton. I could I could totally see that here. Yeah, I think Ohio State is, might be front of line for him, right. though, is what I'm hearing. Either right. Ohio State might be him or Sean Miller from Xavier, but I, I think Miller's still got a, a little bit of stink on him from what happened at Arizona. Um, yeah. You know, McDermott's won at a mid-major level consistently and just, by and large, I know he got suspended for a couple of games for something that happened, but I don't think it was an impropriety like a 
it wasn't like a violation or anything. Right. So um, I think I think he's and and them knocking off UConn last week that was a big resume builder yes, for for Creighton and for him. So uh, I don't know. That's going to be interesting. He didn't like my Kim English take. I I'm I there's I'm torn on him right now. I am too a little bit, but yeah. I like the way he recruits. Yeah. Oh, he definitely recruits. Yeah. Definitely recruits. It's just maybe is he a year or two away? I don't know, but. Um, but that was a good conversation. Appreciate that call. Um, and we still have more NCAA to talk about, but we're going to take a break right now. Uh, hit us up on the phone if you'd like, 865-546-8200. It's the Neutral Zone. Come on back. Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. Our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, the feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft last year. If you're in a bind, this tax season, LifeLock can help. They monitor and alert you to identity threats you'd miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become a victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issue. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help protect your financial info, so all you have to worry about is what you do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com, save up to 25% off your first year. The promo code is HERD, promo code H-E-R-D, to save up to 25% off your first year. LifeLock.com, identity theft protection starts here.
We are back. It is the neutral zone. Don't sound too excited, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just processing. Just a lot. Um, Yeah, there is a lot going on, man. We, you know, who we haven't talked about yet. Speaking of Forbesy, how about that win yesterday? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, glad it was on my notes here, but let's go to it because. we have a guy on the morning show on Fridays, uh, a guy by the name of Eli Hershkovich, who works for um, thelines.com. He's a, he's, a, he's a sharp. He's a pretty strong betting guy out of Chicago. And he he's missed some, but he got that one, boy. Yeah. He said, jump on Wake Forest. And because uh, Duke, I think, was a three and a half point favorite. And no, they were they were a two and a half point dog. Oh, that's right. It shifted. That's yeah. right. That, earlier in the week, they were favored, but then it swung back to yeah. Wake. Uh, that was a big win for Wake because, um, again, that's a team that's right there on the bubble line and, you know, every every game The only matters. reason I know that is because I had money on the game. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> um, good boy. Um, I feel good. I didn't at halftime. I, the, the only bet I laid yesterday was I, I, I was all over Tennessee minus 10.5 against A&M. Yeah. And then in the first half, I was like, oh, what have I done? But I had them on, I think, an eight eight and a half point alternate for the first half, which hit. So, yeah, it was nice. It needed needed that three. Tennessee made me sweat it the whole time. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I um, it ended up working out but because uh, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. I just felt Tennessee was really – you know, wired and ready to go, and right. it turned out that way. It worked out that way, but, boy, in the first half, it didn't feel so much that way. But back to Duke and Wake Forest. Yeah, big win for Wake. Um, what happened after the game was really, really tough to watch, I have to say, and I'm not a Duke fan. I know, I know there aren't many that are Duke fans, but you don't want to see anything like that happen. You see a star player get hurt and maybe out for a little while. Yeah, you know, I see both sides of it. I understand wanting to storm the court, but they beat them last year. I mean, it's not like Wake has gone 50 years without beating Duke. I mean, come on. No, it's, I it's I, a joke. I agree. I agree. It's it has become um, you know it's an epidemic. Well, and at the, this point. the the damnedest thing about it is that the ACC has no fine at all for storming the court, and the SEC has to lead the charge with a hundred thousand dollar fine for the first offense. Are you kidding? Right. The ACC is a blue blood conference in basketball and you have nothing in place for that yeah yeah you've got to be kidding me like i i would understand if it's like boston college beating duke at duke and they and their fans stormed cameron's court but yeah no i agree i i think that um it is kind of crazy i do think because like it or not because it's duke and because it is impacting, it's a star player who got injured. Right. I think this is going to generate some level of uh, change. It ought to. Yeah, I think so. Somebody, uh, I think it was Rob Doster from Field of 68. I think he had an interesting, he had an interesting uh, tweet or X post last night, and he said he got it from someone who is a, uh, a head coach. He wouldn't name who it was, but he said, "Here's a thought." Run at the end of any game doesn't matter because you can't really classify what to you know you got some ideas of what could be a court storming scenario but you should just put it out there for any any home game that you put up essentially the shot clock 
So right. when the game ends, there's a 30 second window for the coaches to shake hands, players, get everybody the, to get off the court, get them off the court, and then if the court storm happens, that means you got to have a, a heightened security presence around the right. around the floor. But I don't think that's a bad idea, you know, because you are some some of what made college basketball so special was that ability to do that from time to time to right. storm the court. Now it's happening ridiculous every every yeah. other game, and it's yeah. But it's like do something, put some parameters in place where maybe you aren't just shutting it down entirely, but you're protecting the players. That's right. really what has to happen here. So um, you know and. And I watched it. I've watched it multiple times. And, you know, so Filipowski gets his looks like his knee wrenched. And then you even see some kid come by from behind and kind of shove him in the back. And, yep. and I mean, it was intentional. I don't care what you say. And I'm, you know, I can't believe I'm standing up for Duke, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was bad. It was a bad look. And, um, you know, and, and Forbes, again, we were talking about Forbes in the last segment consummate pro he he was very outspoken in his press conference post game saying it's been something he's been against already and something's got to change and so uh you know even with a big win he was not feeling good about what happened so no um, and i mean that says a lot to the guy's character again another reason why i want him here yeah but. yeah yeah it's uh yeah, I, I don't disagree, and uh, yes, and and I'm I'm fortunate to know Steve a little bit. He's he's as good a dude off the court as he appears to be on. Everybody that loves him, it's it's right. legit. He's a he's a good human being. Um, so so again for Wake, that's a big win uh, as they continue to try to get over that line and get into the field of 68. Um, there are what nine losses right now, or is yeah. it eight? I think though no, I think they're eighteen and nine. Okay. Yeah. So they got a good shot. Yeah, I think they'll have to win a couple, maybe in the uh, ACC tournament. But the way that league is playing out, they should be able to do that. Yeah, it's kind of funny that the SEC has probably been the SEC and the Big Twelve. I mean, Big Twelve is always great in basketball, but the SEC is probably the best conference in basketball right now. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I mean, again, Not this it, year. I mean, I felt like it was going to be just a super top-heavy conference, and it's kind of turned out that way. But the level of eliteness of those top-heavy teams is pretty impressive, and that's also if you consider Kentucky and Florida are more middle of the pack right now, and they're they're playing great. Um, I was looking at uh, some of the net rankings, so you know, in in Ken Palm, for example. Let's see where Tennessee went. They they actually uh, they stayed at number six in Ken Palm, but they are right, nipping at the heels of Auburn. Okay, right. so that I mean they're essentially fifth, right in that range, um, and they moved up to number two in defensive efficiency uh, off the heels of last night's game. They're right. only behind Houston. So, uh, but then you look at the the net rankings and. It's still, when you look at those net rankings, and again, those are important, and it's about the records of who you play um, and how they perform. Uh, even though Purdue last lost last Sunday to Ohio State, UConn lost big to Creighton, uh, they are still far and away the two best teams in the country. Right. They have more quad one wins. They have nine quad one wins each. Uh, nobody really uh, – the, the closest after that are Wisconsin, Kansas, Houston, and North Carolina with seven. And what's interesting is Houston was at a moment where they had nine quad one wins, but uh, they dropped to seven because some of the teams they've beaten have had costly losses. Right. 
So um, so they dropped, but uh, you know Tennessee is in that weird range with quad one wins. They've only got four. They're four and five. Um, but it also speaks to they're also if you, all you have to do is look back to that after that North Carolina loss, that team's been seventeen and three. Right. So they're they're obviously playing good ball overall. You know what I've enjoyed seeing though. What's that? Gonzaga not being ranked to the top twenty-five. They may not make the tournament. I know. Yeah. Which is beautiful. I mean, I for years have been harping on that conference. You have to go undefeated in that conference to 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 make it to the tournament. Yeah. As it is, but the way that just everybody was on Gonzaga over and over and over and over, and now they lose. They're only a six-loss team. Yeah. But that shows you exactly how weak that conference is. And I know Gonzaga's made some incredible runs, but just it's 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 high time. Yeah. To per, to show that that conference isn't as strong as everybody thinks it is. The top three teams in that conference are still pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, you've got um, St. Mary's, San Francisco, and Gonzaga, but Gonzaga might not make the tournament. San Francisco would have to win the conference to make the tournament. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, you know, back to Tennessee. So, they're in net ranking, they're number five. Um, they're only four and five in quad one wins, which is interesting because everybody above them have either seven or nine quad one wins. But the, the, the difference is uh, for Tennessee is they're taking care of their business. Um, Arizona, this is why I was talking about earlier, if we're battling with Arizona for uh, a one seed, if we take care of business by season's end, Arizona is four and two in their quad two games. Tennessee is six and one, and Tennessee is also six and zero oh in their quad three wins. Arizona is seven and one, so they've had some costly losses. Right. We talked about Texas A and M last night. Just to put in perspective, Texas A and M has more quad one wins than Tennessee. They uh, they have two more than them, but they also are two and five against quad three teams, Good and that's Lord. that's what's going to do Texas A and M in is again the ability to. Uh, it's it's about the performance of the teams that you play against it's, right. that weighs heavily, um, not just what you do head to head with them. It's there's more to it than that. So um, I think that uh, you know I think Tennessee is situated nicely. Uh, that schedule was hard. That's why they have so many quad one losses. But I think that's going to serve them well. I would love to see them matched up against Purdue or Kansas again in the postseason I because too. Uh, I don't I don't have much concern. I think they can beat them. Love to see them. I've seen them in some bracketology reports, having them be in the same region as Duke, and I'd be like, please. Oh, please. Yeah, Let them, us play them again. Bring them on. You know, I, I think Tennessee would beat Duke by about 30. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think Duke's – I don't think Duke's good. They're not. They're definitely not eighth in the country. Yeah, good. No, I agree. Now, somebody asked me. You've been probably seeing on bracketology, like who the one and two seeds are being projected to be, and Tennessee's part of that. So it's Houston, Purdue, Arizona, UConn. Um, you know, uh, UConn will be an easy yeah, one. Yeah, but um, but somebody asked me if you had to pick a winner, a potential winner of a national title that's not in those top two seeds. And I've got a name for you that might surprise you, and it's not Alabama. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought that. I watched this game earlier in the week. Watched them play Houston. They lost, but I think they're a hell of a team. That was a big boy game. Iowa State. I, I, I'm with you on that, man. They, again, another team that's totally come alive and – 
they're fun to watch. Yeah, I just they really are. I mean, again, they they seem to have it all. They can shoot threes. They're physical. They're big enough. Um, I didn't know much about their coach, T.J. Otzenberger, but he's uh, he's obviously punching the right buttons with them. They're somebody I think could really at least maybe get to a Final Four. I think they're very capable of that, and right. they're they're right on the they're right on the cusp of being a you know if things broke the right way for them they could be a two seed, but they're probably going to end up being a three seed. But I I uh, I think they're very dangerous, and there's no shame in losing at Houston. I mean, and they played Houston tight. They were. Uh, uh, they they were right there with them at the end, so um, I think that's a, that's a really interesting team. We talked about uh, Greg McDermott and Creighton. I, I think Creighton, you know, Creighton made the Elite Eight last year and lost on a, basically a last second shot against San Diego State. Yep. So they were almost in the Final Four, and they they lost their point guard from last year, Nembhard. He went over to Gonzaga, and I bet he's regretting that move now. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Yeah, but, I mean, Creighton's very, very solid again. That's and, one of the Big East teams that I've watched a lot of this year. Yeah. Because, again, another really fun team to watch. They are. So I love their I, style I, of basketball. I do, too. It's yeah. it's really fun. And <laughs> I, could, I could certainly see them making a deep, deep push in the tournament. Yeah. I would say we, you know, one conference we haven't talked much about, and there's a reason, is the Big Ten. I think if Purdue doesn't make it deep into the tournament, I don't think any other Big Ten team does. No. Um, I'm not, I'm not that impressed with, uh, with Illinois. <laughs> is is Iowa going to make the tournament? I don't think. Well, they won. No, they didn't win yesterday. They lost. They they ended up losing to Illinois yesterday, but it was close. Yeah, I think. And then they, they beat uh, somebody. They beat Wisconsin week, last week. Yeah, yeah which Wisconsin's the one that's fading. Uh, right. Iowa does have a, a. Iowa's got double digit losses, so they might have to really make some hay in the conference right. tournament to get in. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, again Purdue's really their only hope. And you know, there was somebody I was talking to, and it is interesting. Is you know, again, some of the way these brackets play out on bracketology. Uh, some have seen Tennessee and Purdue in the same bracket as a one and two. And as much as I hate to see that because I like both teams, grew up a Purdue fan, now I'm a Tennessee fan. But if they could get to the final game, to the Elite Eight, it means one of those two teams that have both. There's really commonalities with those two. They both underperformed in March. One of those two would be going to a Final Four, which for me would be okay. Great for you. Be okay. Um, Yeah, you could live with it. But, but yeah. (laughs) In – Football and basketball, you got to know how sick I am of Purdue. Oh, I know. I know. I get it. I, I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, it. From, from the Music City Bowl BS that we got fed that yeah. we were a yard short to <laughs> no, that's fair. Levante I... Turner getting fouled and them not calling anything, and then that guy with what clone calls the praying mantis arms that just stood on the line and shot threes and oh, they Ryan wouldn't call him, yeah, yeah they wouldn't call him out of bounds any time but his foot would keep touching that back line and then that you know, whole game and the great irony is he cost them i say he cost them the shot to the final four yep. because he missed a free throw yep that allowed virginia to tie the game and put it in ot um and and yeah my my sidekick on the weekdays uh john reed he, he I, I get it. He calls uh, Zach Eady the big circus freak. Yep. And uh, and I, I get it. If if he's not on your team, he'd be a tough one to watch. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I totally understand it for Tennessee fans, and that's why I don't. I really, I really don't talk much about Purdue at this point because I know it's a it's a 
bone of contention with Tennessee fans, and I get it. But it could be interesting if they end up in the same region. I do believe they both have it in them to get to the Elite Eight. I and do, then, too. And then one of them would go to the Final Four, and one of them wouldn't. So yeah. we'll see. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. And, you know, it'll, the last thing I'll say to put a bow on um, college basketball across the NCAA is so we're watching Kentucky and Alabama. As I said on X, it's like the, if you were – equating that to a mode of transportation that was like in terms of tempo in in the game that was like a ferrari game i mean up tempo shots everywhere um but then you flip over to north carolina at virginia and um it was a tough one yeah i said that was like i mean it was like like, a stagecoach basically it was like 18 to 9 with like six and a half minutes to go in the first half yeah and north carolina held on and won but i mean i think the total was like 98 for, and I mean the the over under was like one twenty seven. It was yeah, low, it was, it was, but they crushed the under. I right. Mean, it's uh, right. I, th- I th- when I was looking at it yesterday, I think they had it one thirty one and a half as the over under at one point before the game started. Maybe yeah. Vandal did, and then by yeah, obviously by the end of the game they they killed that under. So you know, so Virginia is <laughs> twenty and eight, but their net ranking is forty eight. I mean, and 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 this is something I would pose to. Tennessee fans and it's a tough one even for me it's like if you're would you would you be willing to have a national championship under your belt but then have a brand of basketball like Virginia has to follow year in year out I don't that's a hard decision man there it's horrible to watch them well I'm in the NBA I'm a Lakers fan so you know what my style of basketball is for yeah what I really really enjoy a lot of scoring not a lot of defense. Yeah. But we'd play really good defense, so I'll take that too. I mean, they make Tennessee's previous brand of basketball look up-tempo. It, you know? Yeah. I mean, not this year's, but the past couple of years. I mean, it's Virginia, is it's it's very tough to watch. They'll get in the tournament. They'll grind somebody. They might win a game or two. But, you know, they lost in the first round to Furman last year mm-hmm. on that last-second shot. And um, I don't know. They had a lot of things go right for them that year. They won it all, and that's what it takes sometimes. But man, it's that Texas Tech that they ended up playing in that yes, game. Yes, yes, yeah, and they beat, and then they beat Bruce in the semifinal right. game on they, that. Yep. Uh, fouls that pulling, led to a three. Pulling for Auburn that year. Yeah, I, I didn't say that, but that's who I was pulling for that year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our tour of the NCAA. We'll talk a little bit when we come back. There's a few games today and then look ahead to next week um, and talk a little Vols baseball as we wrap yeah. things up in the last segment. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Come on back. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics. Athletics today. 
Life is more fun with a Good Life checking account, offering extra benefits including bank travel. Join us for a trip to Mackinac Island for a stay at the beautiful Grand Hotel. Travel with us to southern Utah to witness the enormous, colorful, and unusual rock formations. Or join us on one of our many day trips. We're always on the go. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Final segment of the Neutral Zone. You got Bob and Aaron here. Let's talk a little bit about Tennessee baseball. 21-6, man, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As it should be. I mean, you're playing Albany, which, I mean, they gave you a tough game on Friday. but Yeah. But, I mean, this team, from what I've seen so far, is – just as good this year as they were last year. And you had a tough game at Oklahoma – or, well, it wasn't at Oklahoma last weekend. It was in the Rangers stadium. But took o- Oklahoma to extras. You got a triple play on them and just pitching gave out, unfortunately. That's, that's the one worry I have this year is the bullpen. That's the worry we had last year too. Yeah. Um, I, I got to watch a little bit of those weekend games last weekend and, uh, you know, it's so funny. We, we, you know, heard it from a couple of fans who after the Oklahoma game started, you know, saying we're, we're in trouble. Do we have enough players with the clutch gene and all these other things? And it's like, again, it is the second or the third game of the season. And you know, this team's, (laughs) Team's probably gonna lose twenty games and still have a great season. You right. know that's how baseball goes. You know it's not again get the football mindset out of the way and try to understand right. that that's what this is. But uh, but they've uh, they 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 brought some offense in that final game against Baylor. 
Um, got through the week. Uh, they still have one more game today with uh, with Albany and the Great Danes. Um, but I was able to go see them in person on Tuesday, their home opener uh, against UNC Asheville, which was kind of an interesting game. Asheville hung around, and uh, I don't I don't think anybody was expecting that, but. Yeah. Uh, but we got to see some decent pitching, too, from uh, some of the younger guys. So that was encouraging. I do think there's some serious uh, offensive power that's there, you know, between uh, Cannon Peebles, um, Billy Amick. Yep. Who could be uh, – Billy Barrels could be uh, – might be a Tennessee <laughs> legend in the making. Um, Kavaris Tears is my favorite guy right now because yep. he just looks like um, I knew last year that that guy was going to be yeah a freak. He he didn't play much, but just when he got in, I was like, golly, that guy's fun to watch. Well, and I think that um, what I wasn't expecting as I, I again I probably didn't do enough homework on him. I just expected okay, he's just a big bat, but I mean, dude's a he's an athlete. He can run, um, and you know yep. he's he's. Got a hell of an arm in right field. I, I'm excited about him. This Dean Curley kid, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get when the games are really meaningful, but he's coming out and showing out um, as a freshman. Um, so, you know, Blake Burke's still kind of a question mark to me only because they keep moving him around in the order, and I think Tony's experimenting. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what uh, what's, uh, what's happening there. But... Um, should be another win today. Uh, it's going to be a little chilly out there, but the weather's nice as far as some sunshine. So should be, uh, should be good. Uh, so yeah, so we're off and running with baseball. Happy about that. That means spring is really upon us. Uh, and we got a caller. So let's go uh, to the phone lines. Uh, welcome to the neutral zone. Who we got? Hey, how's it going? Baskerville. TR, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, not much, man. Just, uh. You know, Tony Ball's going head-to-head with Holly Jolly. Holly yes. Jolly's got the high noon with the defending national champion, uh, Bayou Bengals. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Mulkey. Tim Mulkey and company. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna bring that up that, uh, yeah, i gotta got to go support our, our Lady Vols. That's a big game. And uh, Kim Mulkey and uh, Bayou Barbie, as uh, Angel Reese tried to call herself, they shut that down. She wanted to trademark that. <laughs> and uh, they, they said, no, nope, a little too much confusion with the Barbie brand. So uh, she's just going to have to stay. And she can call herself uh, Bayou Barbie, but she can't do anything business-wise with it. Oh, yeah, I thought I heard something about that, you know, but I wasn't exactly sure what they was talking about. But, yeah, uh, I don't know, but. You know, it's uh, it's great to be back in first place, you know, with controlling our own de- – I mean, we were controlling our own destiny regardless of what Kentucky did yesterday. But still, you know, oh, yeah. we, we are definitely, you know, in much better shape. Had uh, Alabama beat Kentucky, but, uh, you know, that, was not, that wasn't going to happen yesterday, man. But uh, – Yeah. How was you when uh, your Sycamores and Larry Bird squared off against the Irvin Magic Johnson back in 79? How old was I? Yeah. I was uh I was just uh I was still in high school, man. I uh Oh, okay. Well you you know, you're you're definitely of age to, you know, be uh 
fully dialed in. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, and I knew I was going to Indiana state and I was a little bummed that I wasn't there for any of the Larry Bird era. I just missed it. But, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, uh, I was definitely a fan and, uh, that game broke my heart, but you know, they were, they were making a Cinderella run to even get that far. Honestly. I mean, that, if you recall TR, that game, the way that started out, uh, Michigan state came out, punched them right in the mouth, right off the top. And it never really got, it wasn't very close all the way through. Right. I, I mean, I, I was watching it for sure, but I don't have a full recollection of how the game unfolded. I know Indiana State, they were hanging around. I mean, they weren't uh, they weren't blown out, but I just can't really remember exactly how that game went down uh, as far as uh, in the second half. But Magic Urban controlled it. Was like, he was like a true sophomore, and Larry was like a, like a fifth-year senior. I believe he had to set out one year from uh, Bobby Knight and what, and what he was with a member of the Hoosiers in uh, 75, the 74-75 season, right? That's right. He did, and he transferred over to ISU. And they had a – I honestly think they had a better team his junior year. They had a guy by the name of Harry Morgan there, and they called it the Harry and Larry show, and those two just lit it up. Uh, but then Morgan graduated, and Larry took him to the championship game. But like Aaron said, Magic just took control of that game. And Michigan State had another kid, Greg Kelser, who was a, a yeah, great Kelser, player. Yeah, Kelser played the hell out yeah, of that game. Yeah, and you're right, TR, it wasn't like an all-out blowout, but it was um, – Indiana State could not get it below like eight points. They just were always hovering around an eight, nine-point deficit, and – um, yeah, Michigan State. They uh, that was their year, but uh, it was. Yeah, I, I it was, was fun. definitely pulling for the underdog. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know Indiana State. I mean, like I'm. I was like seven when Texas Western took down the Rups Runts in '66. Yeah. Yep. That's but, a, uh, that's a story. Yeah, Tennessee went. We was like runner up in the SEC that year. We had Ron Whitby and uh, Austin Red Robbins. Went on to the ABA for a stellar career in the ABA, but yeah, man, it's just Tennessee has always been. You know, if the field was as big as it is uh, back then, I mean, Tennessee. I mean, we we would have had like a lot of other teams could say that there was one one team got to go to the big dance. You know, that's the conference winner and. Uh, the ACC, they would play a regular season, then they would put all their eggs in the tournament, the conference tournament. So I said, man, I'd rather, I'd rather, I would think the regular season would hold more than just a two or three day tournament. But anyway, man, that's, I'm going way back. But uh, yeah, let, let me ask you a quick question because we're almost out the door here. But I've been saying this, and I know some people are saying, and I agree. Like you got to make you got to make your hay in the postseason. That'll make the difference. But boy, it sure feels like I keep saying it's almost kind of a golden age for University of Tennessee athletics right now with the way the baseball team's playing, the way the basketball team's playing, the the promise that the football team has now that we're clear of this NCAA crap. Um, how do you feel about it? You know the history, but uh, as we go oh, out right, the door, man. It's, yeah, we got it rolling, dude. It's rolling. I mean the the week. The weak link is fixing to tip off, you know. Not, uh, no offense to the yeah. Lady Balls. I mean, I, I believe they can knock off LSU if they play like they did uh, last week against Vanderbilt. But they, I don't know, uh, they're, due to, they're due to have a breakout game like the 
Big Orange did yesterday for your boy Deacon Cash getting number eight hundred. You know, and uh, I mean it was a great team win. I mean it was just it was just a, a solid uh, way to be a you know a force to be reckoned with. I mean just unlike the Missouri game, we, we, <laughs> it was a this was a total what we need to do, but. Some games, you know, you just can't play like it's mid-March, man. But that's that's what we're trying to, uh, you know, slowly, you know, get right there. Where you know, it's a, a do-or-die situation here in a couple weeks or whatever. But anyway, y'all have a great rest of your weekend, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, T. Aaron, good show. Thank you yeah, for man. your help. Um, thanks to the callers. We had a few. We got, man, can't emphasize it enough. Got a big week ahead for the basketball team. No doubt. Got to take care of things Wednesday night. Protect the house against Bruce. Uh, There's still some Bruce devotees out there, and I get it, but he's uh, he's the enemy on Wednesday night. He's the enemy until he makes his way back here. There you go. So, uh, hey, thank you all for joining us. Keep it locked in this week on Fan Run Radio. We'll be covering it all, whether it's baseball, basketball, Any NCAA developments, you name it, we got it. You guys have a good week. Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination.